Just Noise Boys. We back. It's episode four. May the fourth be with you, Andrew oh. Baina. Here May we the are. fourth be with you too, brother. Hell yeah. This day <laughs> is like Christmas for me. I I went to bed like a kid on Christmas Eve last night. I, I just, just realized you're wearing that Star Wars shirt too. <laughs> yeah, you dango. Is that what you got at Disneyland? Yeah, remember when I bought it? No, I do. At the Disney store and then uh Everybody else was contemplating getting one too, and they're like, "Oh, never mind," because yep. it was expensive. Yeah, it was like ninety dollars <laughs> Canadian, no, probably. No, no, no. It, uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah it was, exactly. It was probably like sixty dollars American or something. So, so whatever. ninety Canadian. <laughs> Not even that high quality of a sweater, but hey, you know what? I'm wearing it. I'm proud. Um, it's a I I love today because like. Always, it always has dope shit dropping today for a big Star Wars nerds like me. So I'm pretty excited. Some good stuff has already been kind of coming out. Um, Jedi Fallen Order has a new update. Yeah, I saw which you is crazy. Yeah, so there's like new skins. Uh, there's new modes that you can do. The thing that I'm most excited about in that game now is that you can play through the campaign again, but without like losing all of your progress like it doesn't do a full restart of the campaign oh like i didn't even can... realize that wasn't already an option yeah p- people have been asking for it <laughs> it's weird but okay yeah the only thing about it is you still have to um like you lose all your force powers and you have yeah. to gain them again as you go because that that's how the, that's how the game progresses yeah but when it comes to like all of your unlockables your skins and all that stuff you can still keep all of that yeah. And I think your force tree is the same as well. You just kind of like unlock it as you go. You played the game, so you kind of yeah, know what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, so I played yeah, 99% cool. of the game. <laughs> yeah, Andrew doesn't like to finish games. He likes to watch people. It's not that games. I don't like to finish them. <laughs> it's that I couldn't finish it because I could not beat the last boss after like three weeks of trying to beat her. So, uh, or not her, but you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, so I gave up and just watched the last cutscene instead because fuck it, you know? Spoiler alert, if you haven't finished this game or played it, but I can't, you know, it's been out for ages, so if you haven't, then whatever. But could you beat Trilla, but you couldn't beat Vader? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Wait, I remember. no, 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 that's not right. I couldn't beat Trilla. Yeah, I was going to say, Trilla is the the Inquisitor that you have to fight at the end. Yeah, that's where I got stuck. And then, because yeah. Vader shows up, like, after you beat her, right? Yeah, okay. she, he shows up right after. Yeah. I remember when I first played that part with Vader, Um, I you probably watched it in the cutscene that you watched, but he uh, he's choking you, and you have to somehow figure out that there's, like, um like an engine pipeline thing in the ceiling that you have to pull down. Yeah. And I didn't know, and I couldn't figure it out. I was like, how am I supposed to beat him like what the fuck <laughs> but i figured it out i love that game i 100 percented it it's great i'll play through it again probably now that there's updates and shit not probably we all, we know you will <laughs> yeah i definitely will but yeah long story short i'm excited about today <laughs> um there's a, a new documentary drop for the mandalorian um it's called the gallery series or something it's on disney plus um looks pretty interesting the way they made that show is like nuts a lot of the techniques they used is like so technologically advanced it's insane yeah like that whole projection screen circle thing yeah super cool Mm -hmm. so and there's like an amazing uh cast of writers on that show like taika watiti and dave filoni and you know obviously uh john favreau Mm. and stuff so it'll be interesting i'm stoked for that yeah 
I was, uh, I mean, you already know this, but I thought Mandalorian was like, okay. I didn't love it as much as you did, but I mean, that's with everything Star Wars, to be honest. But yeah, I kind of liked the first like two episodes and then I liked the last two episodes, but like everything in between was kind of, I don't know, pretty, pretty meh in my opinion, but I know that Um, you did not feel that way. Uh, I, I obviously really enjoyed the show, but the thing with me and being as big of a Star Wars fan as I am is like. I will admit there will be a bias in my yeah, uh, in my review, um, but that being said, I can also understand how people can't like stuff. Like I get it if something about the show kind of bothers them, or if um, you know they think it's bad for particular reasons. I can see it from their point of view. Like I'm not like a completely just like wearing blinders. Like Star Wars is the best. You can't tell me it isn't. <laughs> like Attack of the Clones is a terrible movie, and I have no problem admitting that. Uh, the Phantom Menace is pretty bad too, only because of Jar Jar Banks. I think everything else is fine, but like you know, whatever. I did really like the Mandalorian. I didn't like the Bill Burr episode that much. I kind of thought just you thought, loved that episode at first. No, I I didn't really, just because I felt like they kind of just stuck Bill Burr in there, and it was yeah. pretty much just Bill Burr in space. That's exactly <laughs> what it was, and yeah, that's kind of how a lot of those middle episodes felt to me, where it was just like what purpose does this episode serve? Like it didn't really have anything to do with the overarching story basically at all. And like, it was just packed full of like guest appearances and that was basically the appeal of it. So like, I think it was like episode three to eight basically it was, it felt just like that. And then like episode nine, 10 went back to the story in the first two episodes, which is like what was interesting to me. So like episode one and two and nine and 10, I was like, these are sick. Everything in the middle, I was like borderline about to just stop watching the show because I just didn't get what the point was. It's a big thing with um, Dave Filoni and his writing, especially like if you've watched The Clone Wars and if you've watched Rebels, uh, you'll know that like a bulk of seasons are usually like there's three to two main arcs that you follow that are like the really good episodes. And a lot of the other episodes are filler or character development episodes. Yeah. Um, So when I made that master list of Clone Wars episodes that I sent to you and Cooper, a lot of those were the primary arcs that I thought were the best stories. Everything else is pretty much just like filler. Doesn't really matter. It just adds more um, depth to some of the characters. Yeah. That's kind of what those episodes were in the Mandalorian, but I don't know. Yeah. I just am not a, not a fan of, I mean, no matter, not just star Wars, like any show that does that, it's always kind of unappealing to me. I have the same problem a lot with like a ton of animes where like, Anime is just like that, where there's so many that just have all these like bullshit filler episodes that serve no real purpose other than being like, look how cute and interactive our characters are. And then it doesn't really matter in the end anyways. So that's the problem I have with a lot of like anime is it does a lot of that. And it's like, I don't know. I just always get to the point with a lot of these shows where I like they hook you in and I'm like, this is fucking sweet. And then they do all this like filler character development stuff that doesn't really matter and i'm like borderline about to lose interest and then they like give you that one episode that's really good so you're like oh i'm back and then i don't know it's it's kind of annoying but i'm also a very impatient person so there's that very true it's a a lot of it especially with you know star wars 2 is a lot of it's marketing and it's showing off obviously merchandise right yeah so like bilberg gets his own action figure now (laughs) Yeah, you know, uh, Baby Yoda, but Baby Yoda is like a 
you know a particular part yeah. of the story but like i know that's but what i mean Star Wars obviously is. they made that with the intention of making toys of it oh like, they knew obviously they, knew. <laughs> they know it's yeah. the same thing with like you know at the end of rise of skywalker with ray burying you know luke's lightsaber luke anakin's lightsaber she yeah. has a brand new one yeah guess what exactly <laughs> toys homie yeah. That's how it is. As a Star Wars fan, I don't give a shit. That's cool for me. Like as a collector, <laughs> I like I like stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's yeah. that's that. I won't ramble on about Star Wars anymore. That's uh, just what I wanted to say. Uh, yeah. What's new with you, man? What's going on? Uh, I don't know. I don't think anything is really new with me. I've just been doing the same shit as always. Just playing guitar, making YouTube videos, and watching movies and stuff like that. And that's pretty much it. Watching movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was, uh, I was thinking about this the other night when we had another long discussion about films. Um, oh yeah, we, I think we should get Cooper on and we should talk about movies. Yeah. I think that could be interesting. And Cooper, Cooper, for those of you who don't know, was the guitar player in Galactic Pegasus. We're obviously mm. still super tight with Cooper, but he has like a pretty damn good knowledge of, um, Films in general, but specifically within the horror and thriller genre. Yeah. Um, which could be an interesting conversation. And all of us together have, as well have watched a lot of films. Same movies, yeah. Uh, a lot of the same and then a lot that we haven't seen. So yeah. it'd be cool to discuss that. I know. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, I know you said you just watched One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and you didn't <laughs> yeah. like it. Yeah. I mean, it's not that I didn't like it. It's just like it was it was kind of, I thought it was kind of boring. Mm. You didn't like the end and stuff? When I like the end, but again, like and... I was just saying, <laughs> same uh, issue with that movie where it was like, started really interesting, got very boring, ended really interesting. And the I have that problem a lot with like older movies too, where like older movies are obviously way slower paced and, uh, you know, compared to modern stuff, because like people like me have no attention span anymore. Modern movies are a lot more like fast paced and like they get to the point faster which I'm used to and also I like better anyways. So I always have a hard time watching old movies that are like two, three hours long where I'm like, man, like this could have easily been like an hour and a half and hit all the major plot points and I would have been fine. But I know that that's uh, not the way everyone feels. So I get that. Yeah. I recommended that one to you just because like I said, it is a classic film. I mean, whatever, if it's not your style of film, I get it, but it's Jack Nicholson. He's unreal. If you've never seen that movie, you definitely should. I just like, I grew up with, my mom showed me so many films that she grew up watching when she was like, when she was younger. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think she introduced me to a lot of really good, uh, films early in my life, which made me want to watch more films like that. Yeah. And I felt like she made me watch some of those because they were important as well in at the time. And they sometimes like, uh, taught important lessons yeah, if you don't yeah, want to sound really lame. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I really like that movie. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, but you, I, I didn't you, really grow up that way. My parents, my dad doesn't really watch anything uh, <laughs> that I know of, at least like other than sports, I guess. Um, right. Which I do not give a fuck about in the slightest uh, at all. And then my mom watches TV all the time, but she doesn't really watch like. I mean, I don't know. They just never really showed me like movies they used to watch other than like, I guess like the, the main ones like Star Wars and Indiana Jones. Other than that, I can't recall like my parents purposely showing me old movies when I was a kid. I, I don't right. really remember that being a thing in my household. Do you like Indiana Jones? Yeah, it was great. 
Yeah, Indiana Jones is awesome. Yeah. I, I showed them to Charlie not long ago, too, because she hadn't seen the old ones, and it's always a good time. Harrison Ford's fucking dope. Yeah. Um, ba, 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 ba. What's next? Um, How much time we got? Okay. We got like 10 minutes-ish. 10 minutes. Um, I wanted to specifically talk about um a topic that Andrew necessarily doesn't have to join me in this conversation if he feels as though he doesn't agree, which is fine. Um, <laughs> Thank you so but, much for your permission. <laughs> um, I've just been, over time, I've been getting more and more frustrated with Gent, the whole subgenre, <laughs> and a lot of the toxicity within the community, because I think, like, I know within a lot of subgenres and genres in general outside of metal, there obviously are, you know, those people who are toxic and shitty. But I think it's just because you and I have been so immersed in it for the past few years. I'm just starting to really get I'm like over it. Um, In my opinion, the the subgenre is kind of dead. Like I haven't heard a gent band, quote unquote, gent band in the past few years that I've really been like, this band is really cool and I love everything they're doing. It's a lot of copycats. Um, I don't know. And I, I just hate like the whole striving for like, I need to get the most flashiest expensive gear and just like flex on everybody, but I can't like physically do anything with what I have. Like, there's, so there's in one... other words, my whole channel. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. No, you, you, you utilize what you have in a different way that obviously makes sense to what you do. Uh, that's completely different than these people, <laughs> specific people that I'm talking about. Like, there's one thing to collect gear and, you know, like to have cool stuff. That's fine. But like, you can't, if you buy the gear with the purpose or the idealism that it'll make you a better player, I just think that's fucking bullshit. And that's what I think a lot of the subgenre has. And I just, I'm super over it. I'm I'm really tired of it. I'm I'm over the obsession with like string gauges and shit. Like, <laughs> goddamn! Like, if you want to know about string gauges, just look it up or just like watch videos. But that's like all that those groups are, man. Is like, what yeah. string gauges should I use? What should I use this and that? It's well, like, that's yeah. Do some I mean, fucking research. I I certainly get where you're coming from because this is like my life to deal with this stuff. <laughs> But yeah, I'm aware. I don't That's think, why I'm talking about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, but I don't agree with it being dead or, like, exclusive to this genre. It's the same no matter what genre of metal, and probably not even just metal, that it is. I'm sure there's, like, EDM producer groups that are the exact same fucking way, where it's like, oh, you use Fruity Loops? Like, fuck you, or whatever. Like, it's, it's gonna be the oh, exact yeah. same shit no matter where you are. Yeah, but, I, said, I said that right at the top of what I was saying. Yeah, I, I understand that it's not exclusive to this, but I'm just saying per... You know, what I think we that do, you're it drives me crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, like you said as well, I think you're just frustrated with it because you deal with it because that's what you're in, <laughs> which yeah. makes sense. Same with me. Like, obviously, you know, I know a lot about it because I am living it every day. And yeah, I don't know. I don't think that it's dead necessarily or really at all, in my opinion. Like, again it's kind of the same in every genre like every genre is mostly copycat bands and then there's like one to ten leaders of the genre and like maybe like one or two new bands every year who do something like totally different and new so i don't think it's like a gent thing i think it's like this in every subgenre uh yeah that's kind of where i'm at on it 
what are some new gem bands that you think are doing something new and different? Um, I don't know if you would classify like Loathe as gent, but that would be the first one that comes to mind. They definitely have gent elements, but they also do a lot of other shit. And that's the thing too with like a lot of these things is like it's not specific to just gent. Like there's not that many bands that are just that like they do that but they also mix it with like metalcore deathcore fucking black metal or whatever the hell yeah for sure having having it as an influence and stuff and like sprinkling it in every so often that's totally fine having other little flavors is cool and i definitely wouldn't call low the gen band because i think like well no but like you they're obviously like heavily influenced by meshuggah and have the definitely a genty sound to for them. sure but they have a lot, a lot of other influences within their music that I think make them unique. Yeah. So that's um, what I mean, though. <laughs> like, that, yeah. is, that is a good example of that. Right. I'm just saying, like, there's tons of, like, you know exactly the people I'm talking about. There's just tons of bedroom production gent bands that are doing the exact same fucking thing that everyone's been doing for the past 10 years. And yeah. it's, I'm, I'm just like... When is it going to fade out? Like, when are we going to move on to the next thing? You know, it was the same thing with Deathcore for a little bit as well. It had, like, a huge surge, and then it became oversaturated. It died, and then it had a revival. So I just don't know when we're going to get to that revival stage. I don't know when that happens. I'm curious. I don't know. But I'm just airing frustrations because I've been (laughs) frustrated by... Because now you live like I do and get YouTube comments and... Yeah, <laughs> that's YouTube, why. Yeah, just YouTube comments and messages and stuff that I just am I'm over it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, yeah, and also obviously I have a very different perspective because I'm like this is my how I make my living. So that's uh, what I mean. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's an interesting dichotomy between the two because I obviously still love a lot of the jam bands that exist. Yeah, and stuff, but. Yeah, I don't and know. I'm, I don't know. I mean, like, I I only started making a living from this in the past year, and that's definitely still like the primary thing on my channel. So it's certainly still, uh, what would be the word like commercially viable? Not, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, lucrative. That's a better way to put it. Yeah. So I mean, if that's not like a direct sign that it's not dead, then I don't know what is. There's still an audience for it. I'm just saying, yeah. some of those people drive me fucking crazy. Oh, for sure. But it's some the same deathcore thing with deathcore. kids are fucking assholes, and some people oh, that listen to metalcore suck, and people that only listen to old school thrash metal suck, and like it's everything the same for sucks. Everything. I don't like anyone. Metalheads, uh, stop are talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> they are, they are, and they aren't. They they're really. That's a very sorry. I should thin line. Metalheads on the internet, <laughs> specifically. People who have opinions on the internet are assholes, just like us. All right, well, who are we talking to today? All right, today we got. Lauren Babick, uh, you guys, I'm sure know her as an amazing vocalist, both on YouTube and with her bands, uh, Crazy Eighty Eight and Red Hand Denial. Um, I've done a bunch of covers with her in the past. We just did one last month as well of a an of Mice and Men song. So I've worked with her for a long time. Johnny's also worked with her for quite a while. Actually, I think before even I worked with her, um, which we'll talk about a bit in the interview. Yeah, we'll get into that. But yeah, amazing vocalist, uh, another Canadian YouTuber, and uh, yeah, just all around great singer. I'm I'm really excited for this interview because I I really want to talk with her about some specific things pertaining to, uh, you know, vocals obviously, and like vocals being a vocalist on the internet during the modern age, and like mm-hmm. 
the issues that come with that and stuff. Yeah. So I've, this was one of the, she was one of the peeps I really wanted to get on. So I'm mm-hmm. glad that we got her. Yeah. And she also has kind of a, a little more unique perspective uh, because she kind of lives both sides of the stage, I guess you could say like not, she's not like just a YouTuber or just a band person. Like she does both and is very successful at both, uh, mm-hmm. which is not very common, uh, at least that I know of. It's usually like YouTubers stick to YouTube or band people stick to having a band and they just like kind of dabble in the other. But with her, that's certainly not the case because all of her projects have been extremely, uh, extremely successful. Jesus couldn't get that word out. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah. So without further ado, uh, we're going to hop on over to a call with Lauren Babic and get that underway. What's up, y'all? We're here with with Lauren. I'm very excited to have you on. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's uh have we had a vocalist on yet? I don't think we have. Uh no, we have not. Just Hell yeah. uh, guitarists all everywhere. Mostly all guitarists. guitarists. Yeah. Yeah. So uh yeah, we'll get right into it cuz why not? Um we've pretty much just been asking everybody uh what are your roots? Where would you begin? What were, what were your musical influences when you were a kid? You know, all that fun jazz. Um music's kind of been part of my life my whole life. Um I guess my parents saw that I really liked music when I was really, really little. So I would just like sing and bang on pots and pans and, you know, do that kind of thing. So they put me in like baby music classes (laughs) and then, yeah, where we would just like sing and do all that. And then they put me in piano um, when I was like five. Oh, crazy. So I kind of had that very formal music experience until i was like 14 and i absolutely hated it like i (laughs) i really didn't like it it was too formal and it was like really just pretentious and not creative at all it was just Mm. like play this perfectly and then do an exam so it's just was it classically trained piano yeah it was like conservatory Mm. like Mm. play mozart and stuff so it was just like i don't know i just didn't want to do it in that sense like i wanted to do it more creatively so i quit that and my parents were like ah, we're selling your piano so they sold the piano and i was very <laughs> sad so I, then i didn't do music for like two years because i was really just i guess exhausted just from that mm-hmm. right kind of demotivated a bit i guess it probably felt way more like school than it actually yeah. did like a creative outlet right yeah it was like very just draining and and not fun and they kind of took the the magic out of it if that makes mm-hmm. sense yeah it does. so yeah so then i guess when i was in high school like i joined the school band and i played trumpet in that and then i was i kind of got back into music with a couple of friends and then i i picked up the guitar and started playing that very poorly <laughs> and then um <laughs> And then I was in a ska band. Um, okay. Yeah, in high school, and I played trumpet. And it crazy, was, I didn't know that. Do you still yeah, play trumpet? I can. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't actively play it, but I think I can still probably get around. <laughs> nice. That's crazy. It. So, were you listening to ska and stuff like that, or did a ska band just need a trumpet player? I think a lot of my friends liked ska. I don't think I've ever really loved ska. <laughs> but, um, yeah, fair enough. I think at that point, though, like I wanted to be involved in music in any capacity. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I didn't know how yet. Right. And I was just like, any opportunity to be in any kind of band, I just like jumped on it. Mm, uh, makes sense. So I joined that and it it didn't last very long. It was like probably like eight months. Nah, better than nothing, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, like, know. as long as you're just playing with your friends, even if it's not like your favorite genre in the world, it's usually still pretty fun, right? Yeah, it was cool while it lasted. I mean, I wasn't, I don't think I was happy. Mm. but it was fun because i I knew i wanted more like i wanted i wanted to do more but i didn't know how how yet so So did you transition directly from trumpet to vocals or how did did that kind of come about i i was like kind of singing on my own and just like i guess singing along to just my favorite bands like privately Mm. like i never i was like no i'm never singing in front of people ever Mm. right uh so I it was just like, you know, in the car, in the shower when no one was home and then anyone would come home and I would immediately just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> right. But um yeah, like I didn't really dive into vocals until I was in university. Oh, so mm. it was it was kind of like when my space was still around, I guess. Um I saw the classified ad for red-handed denial seeking vocalist um so i just like took the subway to their audition spot and that was literally the moment i started singing in front of people wow was like yeah that's crazy really just out of my comfort zone um (laughs) yeah that must have been a hell of a introduction to doing vocals yeah i was just like you know what fuck it i'm just gonna do it and then it happened, and the audition song was Blood Meat by Protest the Hero. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> classic, classic. Yeah, and it was fun as hell, and I was like, okay, I think I want to do this. And That's then awesome. I kind of learned how to be a vocalist just as I was learning to be in a band, and just it all happened at once. Right. That's awesome. So when when you said you were singing and stuff on your own, did the singing include like what we call clean singing or was it a mixture of screaming and singing? I think it was mostly singing at first. Mm-hmm. And I was I was like, "Okay, I really love Under Oath, so I think I really wanted to scream as well." So I would just kind of try and mimic Spencer as best I ca- I could at that right. point in time, but I wasn't very good. Um, right. <laughs> at that point in time. So I kind of just like felt felt out the screaming portion of vocals mm-hmm. and just figured it out on my own and and figured out like what not to do and and what sounded cool. But that right. came that I think I think I was a better singer starting off than I was screaming. Mm-hmm. It it took a while for me to really just like get a hold on that. I think. Yeah. I feel as though a lot of us took a very similar approach to learning how to scream when we were younger. Like, I'm sure you've had people ask you, like, oh, how do you scream? How do you do particular things? And what I kind of end up telling people is I mimicked people that I listened to when I was younger, which therefore kind of in a non-technical way teaches you how to do what they're doing. You kind of like unofficially learn it, but you don't yeah. know what you're doing, right? You're just kind of like messing around yeah. with your mouth until you're like, oh, that kind of sounds like 
that. Yeah. Uh-huh. I learned how to do it backwards. Like I I like learned it and then realized what to do. It was right. like Exactly. Cuz now I teach like I teach vocals to like people online. Mm-hmm. And it I realize how difficult and weird it is to actually explain how to do it. Yeah. But I I think I know now cuz I I've been doing the 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 vocal lesson thing for a while but at first when i was like okay i want to actually teach people how to do this i was just like holy shit like (laughs) i need to really know how to break it down and dissect it because i don't think we really ever thought of that when we were learning right not at all not Not at all it was the same when uh i had to do like a guitar lesson uh like in the past summer for um this channel called guitar lessons um shout out to them they're awesome but yeah, they asked me to do a guitar lesson, and I had never taught anyone how to play guitar before. And I was just like, you guys really want me to do a guitar lesson? Like, I don't know. Dude, um, teaching in itself is... Yeah, that's a whole other skill. Is a whole yeah. other yeah. skill. Totally Absolutely. different. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so- I was lucky, because I actually went to university for teaching. Right. Oh, great. So that helped a lot in terms of, like, how to get the idea across. Mm-hmm. But again like telling people how to scream is like (laughs) in itself difficult oh it's so hard and music in general yeah Yeah. but like every vocalist is different right like everybody finds their power from a different place so especially when you're talking to somebody you don't know or you haven't even heard what they do it's hard to be like well i can't tell you what to do because i don't know how you're doing anything Mm -hmm. really Mm -hmm. um and that's just kind of how it is. A lot of it is figuring out stuff on your own. And then once you get to a place where you feel like you can do something consistently, then, you know, going to teachers and figuring out the technical aspect of doing vocals is probably a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. That makes a lot of sense. Um, but sorry, going back, because I know that you grew up in Toronto, right? Okay, so you're a Canadian kid like Bane and I both. Like, who were the big Canadian bands <laughs> at the time that you were listening to? Probably in like the Much Music era of uh, oh my Canadian gosh. history. Shut up, Much Loud, <laughs> Much oh Loud, my baby. God. Those were the days when like a new video <laughs> would drop. I like just distinctively remember listening to like Sum Forty One, yeah, um, Billy Talent, yep, uh, Alexis on Fire. Mm-hmm. Those were like my big Canadians. Yeah. Canadian yeah. bands. Did you ever follow Dallas Green down the city in Colorado? Oh, oh yes. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Absolutely. I still <laughs> okay. I still listen to a lot of Dallas Green, so Yeah, he's fantastic. Protest the guy. Hero was my favorite or still is my favorite Canadian band. Uh so it's it's funny that your first song you ever did was Blood Meat, because I, I definitely <laughs> remember trying to learn that in high school and being like this nope. is fucking impossible on guitar. Like how it's like a, a guitar solo the whole time. Like how do they do this, dude? It used to be the ringtone on my flip phone. That's crazy. Like, I I bought it on my flip phone and I was like blood me and I'm like that 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 that. Yeah, hello. like I loved it, <laughs> dude. My first I actually had a YouTube channel before my current one, which got banned from YouTube because I uploaded Prince of Blood Meat music video to it like before <laughs> copyright no. was a thing. And I was just like a kid in high school and I just uploaded like random music videos to YouTube just because I liked them and I got banned for it, obviously. So I started a new account and that's still the account that I use to this day. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I like, yeah, I I didn't get into protests till a little bit after Fortress came out. 
Like I yeah, wasn't I was the same. on yeah. the Kazaya train. Oh man, that's my shit. So anyone's like, "What's your favorite protest song?" And I'm like, "Not Kazaya," and they're like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> but yeah, like I hopped on that that train after Fortress came out, and then I went back and listened yeah. to like "Turn Soon Is to the Sea" and like mm-hmm. all those heretics and killers and all those good. Goodins. Yeah, I loved Volition, man. I listened to that record yeah. so much. When That's it came my out. favorite album by then. That one is yeah. like hundred percent. Yeah, because yeah. I will always be my favorite, just because it was the first one I heard. Obviously, and it's like that with a lot of bands I listen to. Like their first thing is the thing that always sticks with me the most. But I mean, yeah, Fortress was absolutely incredible, and same with Volition. Scurrilous was like a little, a little iffy in my opinion, but yeah, I don't know. Everything else they've done has been great. Some good songs on that record. Yeah, for sure. Skrillex is like the sleeper. Yeah. And like, I yeah. think everyone says that. Or like, eh, Skrillex, yeah. But like, it's actually really well done. Mm-hmm. Like, I-, I just think it didn't have like, you know, a blood meat on, yeah. on that record. Yeah. And right. it also was like a good transition yeah. from Fortress to Volition, like where those for were sure. two amazing albums. So in between, they were kind of like, you could tell that they were kind of like making that transition if you know what i mean but they yeah. like really nailed it on the next album oh yeah mm-hmm. like even production wise like yeah for sure. fortress is super messy like it's yeah. messy yeah and it's Volition's just like same with kazaya like mix-wise, oh my god locked, but it sounds like you know when you hear it when you're whatever 15 years old you're like yeah, i was mind baby. blown right this see all the bass drops on fortress are just like atomic bombs they're huge they <laughs> oh, just yeah. blow your speakers it's i great. think that that adds unique character to those old it's you know albums and stuff like especially back in like the deathcore days oh, man yeah. like the the production was not tight no. but god like, that stuff uh, slammed so hard in of a machine with like the girl scream that's just like basically just a clipping noise like it's yeah. not even an actual yeah. sound any of that stuff is just yeah. fart production but you know yeah. the the heart was in it so that's all yeah. that mattered um just was was Rody like is Rody a big influence on your vocal style or like who are oh, your definitely. influences in your vocals? He was he's one that I kind of really draw my like theatrical side of right. my vocals from like just all those like big grandiose like swoops and vibratos like he's he's my guy mm-hmm, for that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. um I don't know like I have so many just over the years just the things I listen to I've just like adopted those styles into like my style. Like there's like the R and B style that I love from like mm-hmm. just I don't know, R and B artists like even like Usher, like just everyone. And then it can go to like Tyler Carter, Johnny Craig, and then you have like Spencer from Under Oath and and Aaron from Under Oath, so it's like very widespread. But right, Rody's like my guy for like the theatrics, I uh, guess. Yeah, you can definitely hear it in uh, the red-handed stuff, mm-hmm. big time. Oh yeah, and I think like, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. It it fits it fits like that sort of like cheeky style of of my writing because mm-hmm. like obviously what I do on Crazy Eighty Eight stuff is vastly different yeah, than what i sure. do on on red-handed but like red-handed is basically a bunch of protest hero fans <laughs> in a band so naturally we're gonna sound like yeah. very shreddy and and very um 
theatrical and and extra at times. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's still its own thing though. To yeah, me, definitely. it's not like a direct ripoff. There's obviously influences, but it's oh, not yeah. like no. we're Protest Hero 2.0. It's like yeah, it's definitely different. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we have a bunch of influences within the band. Like Dance Gavin Dance is a huge one. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, like just so many Periphery, Circus Survive, like so many different um influences just wrapped up into one band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas, whereas, like I think Crazy Eighty Eight's more focused. Like it knows exactly what it's doing, but RHD's kind of like anything goes almost. Right. That makes sense. Right. It's always fun to have two projects like that where one is like, okay, like, you know, we're a metalcore band and we have to sound metalcore and the other one's like, I don't know, let's just write some shit and see what happens. It's, yeah. It's good to kind of have like both the the limitation in and of itself of like, we want to sound like this can be helpful because it gives you like kind of a creative, uh, what's the word, guideline, I guess, where you're like, okay, yeah. you know, we ha- we should try and make something that fits within this. And that in and of itself can be a helpful writing tool because you just like, I don't know, you kind of have a, a guideline of what you're supposed to do. But then on mm-hmm. the other hand, it's nice to have the other project where you're just like, fuck it, I'm just going to go crazy and do whatever I want. And like, who cares? Yeah, they're really nice creative outlets. And like, that's partially why I, I joined Crazy 88 because I was like, I just want to make something a little bit more on the hardcore side of things and mm-hmm. like more on the post hardcore. Mm hmm. Um, and like tap into that nostalgia side because I know like that's something that RHD definitely doesn't do like RHD is more like on the experimental side of things mm-hmm. whereas like Crazy 88 is way more melodic and more focused and um, palatable for I think like a lot like the warp Tour scene I guess. Right. Sure. It it knows what it is and it pertains to a particular sound. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Right. As as close to under oath as possible. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um you also have a like a, a pop side project as well, right? Yeah. How's that been? Have you been doing much with that? Yeah, we're actually finishing it up um like right now. Like the we're doing the the visualizers and the the videos, we're finishing those up cuz Nice. It took a little longer because we were kind of trying to figure out what sort of mixing style and what sound we were going for. Because mm-hmm. we did Ghost back in October. And then that was that. And it's I, I love it, but we were doing Ghost like 2.0 for the EP. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but yeah, like I, I realized like pop is such a a rabbit hole in itself. and it's actually almost more difficult to mix a pop song than a metal song. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But yeah. it's it's surgical in its own way. Um but yeah, like it's it's coming along. I think it should be ready end of May, I think. Nice. Like oh, yeah. a four four song EP. Cool. I'm excited Fuck yeah. for it. Just keep yeah. dropping that stuff while this uh, apocalypse keeps going. Yeah. Keep people into it. May as well. Like, we're not yeah. doing anything else. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Stay in tune. Um, so we'll kind of move on. That that first bit was great there. But um, so when did uh, YouTube come into the picture? Oh, yeah, that was like shortly after I joined Red Handed. So it's been a, a minute. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I kind of just used it 
as a way to get better at singing. Um, right. So I did, I think I did a video in 2011 or 12, mm-hmm. something like that. And it was just like a cover of a Woe Is Me song because um, I, I was loving like the R&B metalcore stuff that Tyler Carter was doing at the time. Yep. So I was just like, okay, I want to do better and learn how to record myself. So then I did that. And then I just like didn't do anything else for like a year. And then I came back to my YouTube channel and and the video is at like 50,000 views. And I was just like, (laughs) why? Number one. (laughs) And so I was like, okay, maybe there's something here that I can tap into. So I was a very shitty YouTuber for a long time. And I still (laughs) am kind of a shitty YouTuber. (laughs) But um yeah like I didn't I still kind of don't take it seriously like I just I've always used it as something for fun and just something that I I've wanted to do and not felt like I've had to do. Right. Um but it was solely to just practice recording and to promote my band. That was really what it was and kind yeah. of what it still is. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Well, it definitely worked. So, mm-hmm. that's good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For some reason, I still <laughs> have no idea what I'm doing half the time, but something is happening. I definitely feel that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we we really know what we're doing. No, especially nah. when it changes every month and we got to yeah. change what we're doing every month to match or whatever. But yeah, that's a... Just, that, just I've, go I've, with the flow, right? Yeah, it's, it's always uh, been that. It's funny that you say that too, because when we talked about Nick uh, about this, like how he started YouTube, it was a very similar thing where he was like, oh, I was just practicing guitar for fun and like covering songs because I wanted to get better at guitar. And then eventually one of them got a bunch of views. So I was like, oh, and then, you know, he continued yeah. from there. And it was kind of the same with me where, you know, I was just doing videos for fun. And then I had that one video that blew up and I was like, oh, shit. OK, well, maybe I should start <laughs> taking this a little more seriously. So, yeah, yeah. it's always just like, oh, shit. Yeah. Okay, and, yeah. then, <laughs> and then you make another video, and it's like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. And I then mean, you make another one, and it gets no views, and you're like, oh, okay. oh, <laughs> okay. I mean, it's probably just because of the the times and the infancy of YouTube, but I don't think any of us were like, no. I want to be a YouTuber. It didn't I want to do when this. That wasn't a thing, no. right? And now it's totally a thing yeah. now. Right, because yeah, it's like, become a lucrative thing. Yeah, I don't sure. know if you feel this way, but like, did you like used to be offended if someone called you a YouTuber? <laughs> like, um, do you, do you still feel that way? Or no, like, uh, I don't know. Because like back when I was doing it, I was like, no, <laughs> I'm a I'm in a real band. <laughs> yeah. Like, but I now mean, yeah. it's almost like cool. Oh, like, definitely. Yeah. Like, you, or sorry, go ahead. We have like like. YouTubers now have like a a really strong culture. Like do you notice that? Like it's cool yeah. now. Yeah, for sure. I definitely remember back in the day it was like <laughs> you know, you were kind of looked down on if you were even if you were in a band, like other bands would kind of be like, "Oh, that's that band with that YouTuber or yeah. whatever." And now it's like every band has that basically or like almost or like every band wants it or, or wants tries it, yeah. to do it. 
yeah it's so um, interesting how it changed yeah for sure and like changing. even back in the day it was like if you made a youtube video and you like tried to promote your own band people were like oh like you know it was all like weird and <laughs> it was clicky. It, but now it's just like if you have a youtube channel it's like you're plugging your merch and your patreon and this and this and this and that's just like a totally normal thing now whereas back in the day if you did that people would be like go so fuck cringy. yourself <laughs> yeah it's almost but- like a real job now Yeah, yeah it's something you can tell maybe. your parents that that actually works maybe yeah well, um, i remember there was once where i was uh, i used to work at uh the university when i was going there as well and there was one time where we had to teach like this class where i think the kids were learning like photoshop or something like something really easy and uh the kids were like almost every single one of them was like yeah when i grew up i want to be a youtuber and i was just like what the fuck are you That's talking about? it's crazy man it's crazy <laughs> But like, even just look at Nam. Like when oh, we yeah. go to Nam, a lot of the the people that are there are YouTubers. Think about all the friends that we were yeah. even yeah. talking to this year. Mm-hmm. Like they're there because of their YouTube careers. Yeah. Like that's it's crazy, man. Mm-hmm. It makes people want to do it. Yeah, yeah. And I guess just the success of it all, and just like the reach that we we can get, it's wild. Like it, yeah. it it's blown up entirely out of proportion <laughs> oh, like yeah. like anything past what i've ever imagined at oh, least for sure. like it's in- insane yeah and um it's, ca- it's, oh, sorry go ahead johnny no it's all right um kind of tapping into that what what video do you think was your turning point though that made you realize like holy shit like maybe i should keep doing this or like what was like your first like big video i guess the first big video yeah. i think scarlet the the periphery cover i did um i don't know when did whenever periphery 2 came out it was, was 2010 year. was no, it 2011 it was, 2012 like 2013 2012 something like that yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah i don't even remember but like i did a cover <laughs> of scarlet and and whatever did make total whatever video came out first whether it was make total destroy or scarlet mm-hmm. like Scarlet got an obscene amount of views, and I still don't know why, because it's not a very good cover. <laughs> but um, Metal, I think Metal Sucks reposted mm. one of them. Right. And I was just like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> like, I was just like, what is happening right now? And like, I got like a really positive response to it, and I was just like, this is crazy. Like, okay. Like, Maybe I'll just keep doing this mm-hmm. and see what right. happens. But yeah, that was like my like I attribute a lot of sort of the momentum to that video. And then it's like two sort of waves of it. So like it was Scarlet. And then I think really recently it was the King for a Day cover that I did. That yeah. just like Yeah. That thing completely, went crazy. Yeah, like that one just completely sent my channel just like it skyrocketed yeah and well, you, it was right. you went from like under a hundred thousand to like two hundred thousand and i feel like a couple of weeks or something like it was super fast it was it went from like 80 to like 120 within a couple of weeks that's crazy and that's I, insane and now i'm like breaching on 300 and that's i'm just insane. like within less than a year and like yeah. that was i think that was like my moment which is really recently, like that's within the past year, yeah, and I, yeah. I was just like, "Hey, like this is very real and tangible." Because 
it became tangible at that point. Mm-hmm. And so I guess it was two waves were Scarlet and King for a day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I definitely, I remember the, the Scarlet cover coming out because this was around the time when I was in college and I had a stupid little band <laughs> and I saw that cover and I was like, holy shit, this vocalist is amazing. And um, I've, I've told you this story before, but for everybody else, I had a band in college called The Residents, and um, yeah. we, had, <laughs> we had wrote <clears throat> this song called This Is All I Have, and our vocalist wrote this really awesome chorus, but we, we didn't really like how he did it necessarily, and I thought that it would suit your voice so much more. So I don't know if you remember, but I sent you a direct message on YouTube. <laughs> Oh my. Which doesn't <laughs> exist anymore. Doesn't exist anymore. No. no. So I sent you a direct message on there and you replied pretty quickly and then we figured it out and sent the files and stuff. But um I remember we were all sitting in our, you know, dorm room at the time in college when you sent it and we all like sat around and listened to it and we were all just like holy fuck. Like we were <laughs> so stoked about it cuz it made the song so much better and we were It's a great hyped song. It. Is, yeah, is it on Spotify? No, we we don't have that record on Spotify. You should do it. You should like oh. think about re-releasing it cuz that song, like the reason why I said yes was because the song was really really fucking good. Right. You should think Well, about I appreciate it. that. I I was thinking about doing like completely re-recording it, doing it all over should. again. Yeah. 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 Nice. Was, I remember doing it too. Like it was I think still like one of the coolest choruses I've laid down. And it was Hell a yeah. long time ago. Ages ago. 2013, 14, I think yeah. it was. Crazy. It was a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the first video I ever saw of yours was actually a, a way more obscure one. It was like, um, did you do a, de- I'm pretty sure it was you, but you did a Destiny Potato cover, right? Oh, yeah. Blue okay. Sun. So for some reason, that was the video that I saw, um, which, you know, Destiny Potato is not like a huge band or anything. <laughs> so I don't really know like how I found that, but Very I saw niche. that. and. Uh, yeah, I think I messaged you on probably Facebook or something, just being like, yo, I do instrumentals, blah, 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 blah. Like, it would be sick to collab. And then I think the first thing we did was uh, that Taylor Swift cover, if I remember correctly. Was it Taylor Swift or Tovlo? Uh, I think it was the Taylor Swift one first, but those two were pretty close yeah, together, if I remember they correctly. They were. Yeah. That was so long ago. Yeah, I remember that. That was, that was so fun. Which yeah. Taylor Swift song did you do? Uh, bl- Blank space, right? Blank space, yeah. Yeah, and Hell we did yeah. it with um the guitar. Or sorry, the drummer from um Fallen Archaea. What's his name? Brent Rogers. Brent Rogers. Oh, Brett Ro- yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we did it with him, and then Cole Rollin did a guitar solo on it. So it was like this. It ended up being this like huge collab that actually was pretty sick. Oh my god, I forgot Cole was on that. <laughs> yeah, that was I like totally the- forgot that. That was the first time I worked with Cole as well. And then after that, we did the Paramore cover with him like a couple months later or right. something. Right. Okay. Yeah, so that was like within that year we worked together like a bunch of times, um, and that Paramore cover did crazy good. It was like I think it has like two million views or something. Yeah, it's nuts. It's crazy, and it's not on my channel, so I don't like look at it that often. And then every once in a while, I'll look it up and be like, "Whoa, when did this happen? What is happening?" Yeah, 
Yeah. And then people go to my channel and they're like, oh, this has nothing to do with Paramore at all. <laughs> <laughs> but you hope that it brings crossover, right? And that those yeah. people take a chance on your channel. Maybe oh, I'm sure, not just being I'm sure like, it definitely helps. You're not doing Paramore covers? Fuck <laughs> yeah. you, you know? <laughs> I'm leaving. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it helped to some degree. But uh, yeah, that was kind of, I think that's how we started working together as well. Yeah. And then, you know, over the years, we continued to work together just like here and there, like probably i don't know maybe like a collab a year or so maybe? i'd say so uh, probably and yeah it's really crazy how small our community really is because when i mean like when i was messaging lauren like ages ago i had no idea who andrew was <laughs> at all we and didn't you guys live... live in bank you guys both live in bc <laughs> Yeah, but I was living in a small town at the time. Andrew was still in Surrey or Vancouver. Yeah. And then when I moved to Vancouver, that's when I met Andrew and like joined Galactic Pegasus and stuff. So it was just like now things are it's so weird, like mm -hmm. meeting everybody at NAM and just being like how we all know each other in different yeah. ways. It's like yeah. fucking crazy. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, yeah like I remember when we yeah, yeah. Well, like when we did our cross candidate tour, like we went to Toronto and I definitely I don't think we had worked together yet because otherwise I totally would have been like, yo, bring out the right-handed denial. Like, let's get bring fucking chill. But, you know, that uh, that was before we even had worked together, which is crazy because mm -hmm. that even that was like 2014. So it's crazy how much how long we've actually known each other. Yeah. And it was like very surreal to actually meet everyone. Yeah. yeah. At Nam the first time. Mm -hmm. Like, that was super overwhelming. That was awesome. Oh, so big time. Wild. Yeah. Big time. It was our first time too, so we were just like not really like, knowing what to expect. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, so much so gear. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> there's gear and there's fucking people. There's after parties. It's like holy yeah. shit. Like it's what are we gonna? Fun. What are we gonna do? It's but those are my one of my favorite things to do every year, <laughs> and I'm definitely going as long as I can. <laughs> as long as the we're apocalypse still isn't happening. Well, we're actually convinced that we got coronavirus at NAM <laughs> because. It was, it existed. Yeah. And it just wasn't like, you know, newsworthy at the time. But we like right. finished our tour and we noticed like the virus was following us mm. down the coast because it started like in Portland, Seattle. And then we came down and it was like, now it's in San Diego. And we're like, oh my God, we were in San, Di San Diego two <laughs> days ago. So we, so then Tyson and I got pretty sick after we got home from Nam. So we're just like, yeah, we had Corona. But I kind of thought the same shit. thing because I was pretty sick when I got home this year, but I didn't know anything about it. So I was just like, oh, it's just a really bad cold or whatever. But I don't know. Maybe yeah. I got it. I don't know. I had seasonal allergies and I was fully convinced that I had it. And I was like <laughs> kind of legitimately worried because I had had pneumonia uh, like a year before. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh, fuck, like this isn't going to be good for me. Like, what am I going to do kind of thing? Yeah. But it was fine. I just had allergies and I was sneezing a lot. So I was just. Was that when I gave you my, my extra bottle of nose spray? <laughs> yes. Yes, it was. <laughs> I'm such a good friend. <laughs> um, but kind of uh, building off the whole touring thing. So being um, a vocalist on on YouTube and also being a vocalist in a live band, um, obviously, you know this, but doing vocals in a studio atmosphere compared to a live atmosphere are two completely different things. Oh, yeah. Um, yes. the trend, the transition is crazy. So what's it like, or what was it like transitioning into taking what you do kind of online, let's say, and putting it in a touring, uh, you know, atmosphere? Like, was it crazy? Was it hard? Like, what was it like? I, I mean, I think a lot of vocalists would agree 
when I say like touring is not the funnest thing, like it's hard, like it's extremely difficult, especially like those of us who are doing singing and screaming because Mm -hmm. it just adds to the to the shit show (laughs) because like you have to sleep you have to keep healthy you can't really drink um and you're just constantly checking the status of your voice at all times and it can just be so so stressful and I mean, a studio setting is so different because, you know, you kind of have the luxury to go 100% Mm -hmm. and have that break. Yeah. But with live, like, there's, you can't go 100% all times because, like, you you kind of have to switch gears so that you can focus on sort of the the stamina side of things because it's completely different. Like, the delivery is different. the strategies are different to get through it. You have to budget yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. Like, I still think it's really hard. It's not easy. And yeah. I think doing both um, pretty actively, it can lead to issues. Because I had huge issues in January when I got back from NAM. Right. Because um, we had just come off the tour. and then. I being myself not being able to give myself a break like I just immediately jumped back into recording stuff for for the channel and for covers and stuff and I really really fucked myself over because you know bands who vocalists who are just in bands when you come off a tour you're resting for a month two months and then you go back out but I learned the hard way um, to, like, the need to give myself a break because I'm doing both of those things very actively. Um, So it's it's still just a huge learning process for me. Yeah, big time. I mean, and another thing with, you know, doing vocals, you know, live every night, too, it's, yeah, you have to think about what you're doing technically. You have to think about your stamina. But you also have to think about putting on a show, talking to the crowd, and then, you know, yourself, you know, with where you are on YouTube, you have to think about, I don't know if you do think about this, but the pressure of performing to what people expect you to sound like. Mm -hmm. Like, I know, like, that's something I always kind of think about, too, Mm -hmm. is like, okay, if I don't do this particular vocal part here live, people are going to be like, oh, he can't do it. Or something like that, right? Like, yeah. it's it's a, a lot of it is mental, too, and trying to, you know, oh, yeah. stop. Don't give a fuck about that and kind of just do what you want to do. But it's easier said than done. Yeah, for sure. Or, like, worrying about the one dude who's going to get, like, a, a video of you <laughs> fucking up that one part and post it and be like, meh, 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 or whatever. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's it's so hard. And I I think I've always kind of been in the mental headspace of, like, not putting too much pressure on myself because mm-hmm. I've kind of over time like really just built up the confidence to to trust myself in in giving a good vocal performance but it it takes a huge mental toll like you have to always be on and make sure like you're you're giving like your your followers and the people at the show like what they deserve 
and I mm-hmm. like I think I always just like stress about making sure everyone is like happy before before me so like that's my that's like my fault I guess but I think touring takes more of a mental toll on me rather than a physical toll right um because it's a lot of things to think about yeah yeah, for sure um was that tour with Red Hand um was that your first uh American tour uh no that was like our fourth oh crazy Maybe didn't fifth. do your research. How dare you? I Johnny? didn't do my research. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, it was nice talking to you. Anyways, no. Um, <laughs> Good talk. Good talk. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, I think it was our fifth. We had done 2019 was like a lot of touring. Like we did three um, tours in the U.S. and then oh crazy. And then we did one in 2016. So yeah, I think it was our fifth one. Nice. But that was our first West Coast. So right. Okay. Um, so how do you feel between like Canadian shows and American shows? Can you tell, can you tell the difference? (laughs) I have to be careful. Um, (laughs) um, okay. So I have like a love hate, not a love hate. Uh, I have a, um, tender spot for Mm -hmm. the hometown crowd. Um, I love like I love Toronto and I love Canada, but I think like at least for Toronto, like there's this there's this vibe in Toronto where it's like you literally have to pull people by their teeth to come to a show. And it's so and I don't know if it's because we're from here and like no one gives a shit and it's like nah, you're just another local band, but like Every U.S. show has just been a hundred times better. Like I don't know why. And That's like what I hear. we hear that from everyone. Yeah. Except Halifax. Except Halifax. Halifax, and we've played Halifax twice. It's incredible both really? times. Yeah. They, for some reason they probably reason. don't get bands that much, right? Probably not. Mm. Yeah. And Montreal is really cool. I will say Montreal is dope. But I think they're just a different crowd in Montreal. They're more Very like artsy province for sure. But everywhere else, like Toronto, uh, Quebec City, it's tough. It's like, and just everywhere in the GTA, like Hamilton, mm-hmm. Oshawa, Newmarket, like right. London, like it's hard. It's a tough crowd. Like the only Canadian dates that were incredible for us were, were when we went with Protest Hero, obviously. Mm. Right. But it's because we were with Protest Hero. No, yeah. no one gives yeah. a shit about us. But like... <laughs> But yeah, like I, I hundred percent have to say, like there's just a different vibe in the U.S. for sure. Hundred percent. Yeah, I think they legitimately, you know, love going to shows with their friends, and like that is their evening, that is their good time, right? I'm not saying that that isn't a thing in Canada, but like when it comes to supporting local scenes, it's definitely incredibly difficult. Like we can speak yeah. for it in Vancouver as well. Yeah, like it's it's rough in Vancouver too. Like fucking. 50 people to a show is a good show. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. crazy. The last show we played as GP, there was over 300 people there, and that's yeah. the most we had Which ever is played the most to. We've ever played to in our whole career, of course. But it's because, because it was show. your last yeah, show exactly. ever. Dude, it took it took us breaking up <laughs> yeah. to bring people, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, and we were playing with Angel Maker too. It's just like, yeah. you know, it's yeah. just how it is. I don't know. Um, why. It's unfortunate. Because every other go show. to the big shows, but. Yeah. But the every other show we played was like 20 people and it was just like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. 
I do think, though, Edmonton is a sleeper city. They like going to fucking really? shows. They like having a good time. I've been there. I've done shows there twice, and it's been fucking awesome. Yeah. But okay, that's Edmonton. just my experience. <laughs> it's tough for, like, Eastern bands to get to, like, the prairies. Because oh, fuck. I can tell you, like, at least three situations where, like, a Toronto band died. Like, not literally died, but, like, yeah. their band broke up on that drive. That drive oh, is fuck. fucking it's crazy. It's a brutal <laughs> one. We did the opposite where okay. we came from here all the way to Toronto. And I remember going from Winnipeg to on the Ontario dates. That is, like, a like a day and a half straight drive, basically. Like, over and it's, it's brutal. 24 hours of driving. Yeah. Like, I can't. Yeah, that's especially when much. you're making like a hundred dollars per show. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you know, you go to Saskatchewan and you play to 10 people and it's like, oh, yeah. man, what's happening? I mean, luckily, when we did it, our Winnipeg show was fucking awesome. So that at least made it a lot better. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I've only done the tour once. So again, that's not a very reliable source because like that might have just been a one time thing. I don't fucking know unrelated from touring but i'm genuinely curious uh because i don't know too much about uh crazy 88 and how it became a thing um how did it become a thing <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> it all started with an email mm. um jared emailed me and was like in his, in his very professional self he like went into a lot of detail and i thought it immediately it was a scam <laughs> because I think everything's a scam. But um I was like, this is not Jared Alonji. So I I messaged him on like his official like Twitter. Yeah. And I was like, hey, is this you? And he's like, Yeah, it's me. And I was like, okay. I can I can take this seriously now. <laughs> so he was basically like wanting to do a project that wasn't a parody. Mm -hmm. Um so he was like, I wanna do basically an homage to the music that we grew up on. And sort of just bring back those nostalgia elements. And I was like, I'm in. And he showed me a couple demos. Um, and it was sick because Jared's a really, really good writer. Mm -hmm. um, and then we did a cover EP and then dropped the first EP about like six, seven months after we he hit me up. And, and then Patty joined. Um, when we did Shinebox. So he, it was kind of just all online. We've never played a show ever. Um, funny story. We almost, our first show was almost the Mountain View Warp Tour day. Oh, wow. Oh, last crazy. year. So it almost happened. It was like we were the next band that Kevin could have put on, but mm -hmm. the budget didn't allow it because mm -hmm. we would have had to fly in from. Yeah. three different locations yeah. but um yeah we've never That's played a show and yeah you like intend it, to <laughs> i think want it'll ever to. be a reality i i hope so i think it i think the opportunity would have to just be perfect because patty is very involved with as it is mm -hmm. and then i have like a lot going on as well so i think if the planets align it'll happen i don't know when though <laughs> yeah right right I that that a, ghost of you cover that you guys did is so awesome. Thank yeah. you. It's so good. I still listen to it. I just think it's so well done. <laughs> it's like a it's a great take on the original, but it's just made a little bit more modern. We'll say. I actually yeah. listened to the uh, the 
the original songs a lot more than the covers with that project. Um, I don't know. It, I mean, I'm sure you've heard this before, but like, it definitely kind of reminds me of like that first Beartooth album, which was the one that I really loved by them. And oh yeah, there's a lot of Beart- Beartooth yeah. influence. And Beartooth kind of went in a direction that I I personally don't really like anymore, which is obviously fine. But the way that that first Crazy Eighty Eight album sounds like is like an even better version of that. So I was like, this is fucking awesome. That's and so yeah, I jammed cool. it a lot, especially of course like Shinebox is an amazing song. And um, yeah, it's it's cool. I like it a lot. Thanks. Yeah, it turned out really well. Just like the whole experience with the, with Burning Alive. Like it mm-hmm. was so much fun. <laughs> I had so much fun. And Do you uh, keep in contact with Jared anymore? Oh yeah. We we chat at least like twice a week. Because um, oh, like I think we're, we were supposed to record um, some stuff literally next week. Oh, wow. But mm. be- because of like the travel bans, like mm-hmm. Patty and Jared can't come here. Right. So, right. Um, yeah, we were going to, but we can't right now. That sucks. Um, but yeah, like Crazy 88's alive and well. It's just strictly online for now, but we'll That's get enough. some new stuff soon when we well, can. I have a question that, about Crazy 88 as well. Um, so. Correct me if I'm wrong, but all of the titles of the songs are related to movies, right? Yeah. Okay. Basically, everything in the whole project is movie related. Okay. Was that your idea or was that like more of Jared's thing that he um, wanted? He told me like in that initial email that he wanted to do that. So cool. I thought that was really, really cool. Mm-hmm. And it kind of gave the band just a really interesting creative direction. Um, down to the name, which yeah. is obviously yeah. Kill Bill inspired. Um, but yeah, like every song is after a movie, and the yeah. lyrics are like sometimes verbatim the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, I thought that was really cool because yeah. I liked that you guys made the titles uh, like they're references to movies, but they're not incredibly obvious references. Yeah, you have and to that, dig for sure. Exactly, and I thought that was mm. super cool because there was definitely some songs I had heard where i didn't know what the title was and then like you know months down the road i would be watching some movie and then the character would say whatever phrase it was and i was like oh fuck like that's the title of that song and i don't know i just thought that was really really cool that you guys did that that's a jared genius thing Mm. as well like he (laughs) he he is able to come up with these like ideas that are not quite on the nose but you have to like dig for them Mm. and i think like he uses his talent in his like comedy realm that way like he's really good at just referencing things yeah well it's Mm -hmm. also just a great marketing strategy too from like you know even like a social media standpoint it's just uh, it's just a cool idea overall i always appreciate seeing stuff like that in bands well it'll make people listen to the songs and try and like find all the little easter eggs and stuff Mm -hmm. if you will too right like it's really awesome like replayability yeah um does it like when you're writing a song like that do you find it um kind of easier to work off of a theme or do you just like enjoy doing it like when you have like a movie to work off of it definitely gives any sort of writer's block like it's harder to get writer's block for sure Mm -hmm. because you have um something to sort of bounce ideas off of already so obviously like the the lyrics were able to to form a lot quicker than mm-hmm. usual um so yeah it gave us like a really nice direction that way nice hell yeah awesome. um 
kind of just nearing the end of our questions here. This last one usually takes a while because I feel as though people have very strong opinions about this in particular, but <laughs> and um, I know you will. <laughs> and I know you will. And that's I think why I know what you're going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, what is your, what is your outlook on music right now? You know, YouTube, where's the scene going? Um, is there anything that really drives you nuts? Like pet peeves, anything like that? Ooh, that is not what I thought you were going to ask, but still a very good question. I think like, I hope that like one thing that just drives me crazy, especially like in metal is just this like, and I could be totally wrong, but it's at least what I see is just like this competitiveness Mm -hmm. and like everyone's just sort of compulsion to just compare everything and like not take things with a grain of salt like i've i've just really noticed that over the years and it's like it it can be frustrating but i think like i don't know like do you guys feel the same way it's very competitive uh, in a sense yeah i definitely feel that way yeah, as well 100%. both in both in terms of music as well as youtube um for sure although i think youtube is lately at least felt a lot more collaborative than competitive i remember back in the day it yes. was definitely way more like uh i don't know i don't know if i want to collab with you because blah, blah 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 and now that doesn't really seem to be as much of a thing which is which is great um but in music i feel like it's still exactly the same as it's always been it's definitely he, very much like he, i do this because i i want to be better than this person it's not i do this because i want to have fun you know yeah i talked to the uh the angel maker boys about this because um we kind of feel as though like back in the early days of deathcore and stuff like the myspace era of music it definitely felt more like everybody was supporting one another and like was willing to do mixed uh bills for shows and all that kind of stuff and it, it felt like more of a camaraderie kind of thing like a community thing and then i don't know what it was we kind of just like hit a wall and then it became this just like elaborate pissing contest about who actually was this and who does this better and then it kind of felt more negative and and toxic like andrew and i were talking about this before we were talking to you as well how i i feel as though right now the the gen community is in a really bad place i feel as though it's really toxic i would agree with that yeah, it, it's been driving me absolutely fucking crazy. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know why, but I've just really let it bother me. Uh, maybe it's because I'm sitting around doing nothing, but I just, I, I hate where it's at. And we really, like, want to change that and start shouting out more bands and, like, wanting to play with different bands on our bills and, like, you know, just cut that shit out because there's no point. It's fucking pointless. Yeah, like, I find... It's like, why can so many artists that aren't in our genre, like, you know, have them on your album? But, like, I never see features, rarely, on, like, metal songs or gent bands. Like, there's just no... And YouTube, I think, is a lot different now. Like, I would agree with that. Like, I, I, like, only do collabs now because they're just way more fun. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's a riot. It's it's super fun and like you just get to grow as a as a whole instead of just like in it for yourself. But yeah, like I noticed just on the more traditional music side of things, I just never see features or or like bands sharing their friends stuff or like 
I don't know. It's very frustrating on a local level too. Like I I see that all the time. I think locally it's almost worse. It feels worse. Honestly, I I think it really definitely the most prevalent in local scenes. I mean, obviously I can only speak for our scene, but from what you're (laughs) saying, it kind of sounds like the same thing over there. Toronto's probably worse too than, than, than maybe Vancouver because like there's just more there's more of all of it you're you're the center of Canada you're the only city in Canada that exists right (laughs) it's true it's true (laughs) that's how a lot of outside people think anyways just because they don't know all the Canadian tours that are uh Montreal and Toronto Montreal and Toronto yeah (laughs) Yeah. the west coast can go fuck itself but that's just fine um what was i gonna say no i was out of experience that andrew and i've had like we've played a lot of metal festivals and in particular in british columbia there aren't really a lot of bands that were like galactic pegasus in terms of no not being like a metalcore gem band right we were kind of the Mm -hmm. only one so when we would play festivals primarily the festivals (laughs) were tech death death metal and thrash yeah and then we would show up. Andrew's yeah. wearing a fucking popsicle shirt. I'm wearing, wearing like, you know, like tie dye shirts yeah. and stuff. And we got a million string guitars tuned to drop fuck, and everyone <laughs> hates us. Or we're like, they'll immediately judge us based on our name first of all, because it's Galactic yeah. Pegasus. That, and that's that part does make sense. <laughs> yeah. So they'll be like, who the fuck are these guys? Like, yeah. <laughs> and there's a they immediately just like don't like us because of yeah, that right away. They have they don't give us a chance. They're just like fuck you like you play eight strings that's not cool like fuck yep. you why aren't that's you like thrashing yeah it's don't too play many gibson you don't play <laughs> gibson you got metal exactly <laughs> drop d's low enough brother if it was um, good enough for metallica it's good enough for me <laughs> yeah but like i just wish it was more open-minded yeah you know what i mean because like yeah. i like i like tech death i love it i don't mm. i'm not gonna be like all poopy about it i love that shit yeah. so it's just yeah, people need to cool it. Everyone's but I very will say, upset. On the mm-hmm. other side of things, like as a, as a as a counterpoint, if you will, like there's also been a lot of people who have been like that when we play festivals, uh, who come watch us because they think it's gonna be funny, basically, because they're like, oh, these guys are gonna fucking suck, and then they watch us, and then they come up after, and they're like, yo, that was actually really sick. So that's I don't know. Nice. As a counter argument, yeah. like there is another side to it that's also positive, but it's obviously way easier to remember the shitty negative side of things. Yeah, so yeah, that's sure. all with that's, everything. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, exactly. YouTube is the same, right? Like, you know, you read like a million comments saying how awesome you are a day, and you're like, oh, that's nice, and then one guy is like, uh, I think that this is fake, and you're like, and you go ah! on a bender. Yeah, you just like, uh, can't and then it, you know? if you're in my case, you make a whole video on it. <laughs> See, I've this is exactly this is exactly what I wanted to ask you about because I thought that video was incredibly interesting and also unfortunate that you literally had to make a whole video about it. Um, that's something I, that yeah. I'm still trying to get over that hump of not paying attention to what you know some people say. Um, but like, especially as a vocalist, like the amount of people that are like you're using auto-tune, there's no way that you can do this, or, like, yep. you've, you know, done this and that. Like, the whole auto-tune argument thing <laughs> drives me up the wall, too. That one I- actually doesn't bother me anymore, because I I think, like, the reason why I made that video was because of the allegation that people were making that they that literally wasn't me singing. Yeah. Right. And they were like, no, this is literally Kellen Quinn. Like, you've taken his <laughs> yeah. vocals... And you've lip synced over his vocals. So, and I was yeah. like, this is the most absurd thing ever. So that <laughs> that was why I made it. Like, 
And I think I've always wanted to make a production video, like the behind the scenes, but mm-hmm. it, it was a good educational yeah. uh, opportunity. But auto-tune, like, I don't know what vocalist doesn't use some sort of pitch correction Nobody. tool. But at the <laughs> same time, right, like, it's literally on every record we hear. Yeah. yeah. But I think why it doesn't bother me is because people don't understand that auto-tune is an actual program. Yeah. And it's a blanket. Yes. Yeah. It's not pitch correction. Like, it's not the same thing. No. And I actually don't use auto-tune. At, like, if it's metal, like, I'll only use it if it's stylistically for, like, fitting for the song. Like, I obviously mm-hmm. use it in pop. In pop yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's, like, a really cool effect. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't... I, I That shit is so fucking stupid. Like, <laughs> like, uh, it, I, like... <laughs> You don't even, don't even yeah. Look at it. Johnny gets it, it, very it, upset about it. The only yeah. thing that bugs me about it so much is just like people I want to make wrong. a video explaining what the fuck auto tune is because I feel like people to. don't know. Oh my god! Please like, do. Please I'm going do. to. It's going to get like I know if I don't say it right, like everyone's gonna be like, "Well, you're just like using it as a crutch." Mm-hmm. But like I, I think like it's really important to let people know that like these things that we have like this technology that we have it's literally the quote-unquote industry standard yeah 100 and it's like sorry to pull the curtain away bro but like (laughs) but like this is literally reality like we use the tools that are available to bring the artistic vision to life and if all our if all the instruments are perfectly t- down to the scent to pitch and the, the one thing that's not is vocals, your recording's going to be just poorly produced. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's an engineering thing. And, and, you know, the massive producers, like, they've been doing this for years. And it's yeah. just like, it's just yeah. a lack of understanding. It's just yeah. a... And it's like you were saying, like, people just away. call, like, everything autotune because they don't know what right. what it is. Like, if they hear reverb, they're like, oh, there's an echo, so I guess you're auto-tuning. It's like, the fuck? Like, that's not even... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I listen to... Um, Nail the Mix has their own podcast, too. Um, yeah. And uh, Buster from Humanity's Last Breath said a really interesting thing about, you know, there's no... It's wasted energy to get mad at somebody if they literally don't understand a concept. Like, there's a difference between not understanding something and then just being a fucking asshole. Yeah. And sometimes all it takes is explaining something to someone for them to get it. They're like, okay, thank you for explaining. And and then they move on. And then there's obviously a difference between someone being like, you're fucking shit, right? Yeah. (laughs) So I, I feel as though taking that approach is definitely better. But at the same time, too, I... I don't want to have to explain every single time yeah. when somebody says though. that. That's yeah. that's kind of where I'm at with. I mean, for me, it's different stuff. It's not auto tune because like I'm not a singer. What's but your like, string exactly. uh, gauge, bro? <laughs> exactly. Oh no, same exact <laughs> oh, like same no. concept, different different issue. But yeah, it's kind of the same thing where it's like, yeah, I mean, I could sit here and explain it, but I'd be like replying to people all fucking day explaining. You'd be it. here forever, and it, there's, yeah. it's just pointless. It's like. For comments like that, I just ignore them. Not because, like, even if they're genuinely asking, unfortunately, sometimes it's just like I don't have to be the one to explain it to them. Like, they can look it up if they really want to know. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And it's I feel a that dead same horse way about auto tune or sure. whatever vocal effect. It's like I don't know why you're asking me on a YouTube video when you could just like 
in the same amount Google of time it, it took you to ask me that question, you could have just like looked it up, you know? Well, yeah. Andrew, remember you made that uh, um, auto-tuned scream vocal video oh, yeah. when, when we did our, um, our uh, the Mad Libs, the breakdown whatever, call-out yeah. thing. Because people were accusing us of using autotune on our yeah, screams. That was hilarious. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, how the fuck? There's no Why? pitch. There's no reason. There's no pitch, yeah. There's no pitch And then pitch even to when reference. I made that video, people still argued with me on that video saying like, well, actually, some screams do have a pitch. And I'm like, yeah, some screams, not the fucking ones that I'm not doing the ones to, that to doing. demonstrate the whole. Uh, it's just, I mean, the only way that you could. I mean, no, there are many ways to manipulate the sound of a scream, but yeah. auto-tune is not how you would do that. No, <laughs> It's not even close. We were going to do a, a part two to that where we use Melodyne, which would actually affect the pitch, but for sure. yeah. it, like, we just never got around to doing it. That's yet. what Melodyne is for, though. Melodyne exactly. is, is what I use no. for me, correcting me vocals. Yeah, 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 Everybody sure. does it. Yeah. It's a fantastic tool for... what I What I primarily use it for is... If I'm having troubles trying to find a harmony for a vocal line, I always build them through Melodyne oh, and then I, I re-sing them. It's a smart idea. And I That's a great it. tool. Yeah. Because it literally, you can yeah. just move your pitch around. That's, it's a fantastic tool for that. And that's just how it is. If we took Melodyne yeah. and everything away, people would be like, well, yeah. now everything sounds like shit. Like, well, <laughs> exactly. Like, isn't what this wanted. what you wanted, motherfucker? <laughs> I know. It's like, well, you should try this raw and in one take yeah. and live. And it's like, that's called a bad mix, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's all that's called. It's <laughs> yeah. the same that's thing called with noob. Like, I don't know what else to yeah. call it. But it's, it's just like... a lot of the backlash is just, I think, a lack of understanding. Oh, and I sure. think it would be the same thing as like someone ripping on like a any sort of profession or or medium it's like well you uh you erased that pencil line on your painting didn't you i want to see you uh i want to see you paint that in one shot with no erasing wow that's oh my i've never heard anyone say that before but that's actually a super good analogy i want to see your your star wars movie in one take with no cgi (laughs) I want Chewie to be a real person. Like that's what they're asking. Like it's yeah. so stupid. It's yeah. like we have our art form, and I think like if someone is not, if if someone is again in front of that curtain, they don't understand like what goes on behind the scenes and how it, what it's like to like actually yeah. record and do yeah. do what we do. So it's it's hard when like there's no just understanding, which is fine. I don't expect every music listener no, to know. Every single what, thing. What but I think do, it like but... almost would be better if people didn't understand because I think part of the problem too is there's also like this like middle ground of people that know how to record music but don't know how to do it well. So like a lot of people <laughs> are not to talk shit, but like you know what I mean? Like, so <laughs> but a lot they're of the... garbage shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's they not do what it, I meant. <laughs> but they're trash. <laughs> no, I, what I'm what I was trying to say is more like people see yeah. that middle ground as well so they like even if they're just on the consumer side and they don't know how, anything about music like they're also hearing that middle ground of people that are kind of producing but not really and they're like oh well this person said this and meanwhile that person might have been completely fucking wrong but that's where they got their information so i don't know man like i feel like i mean i wasn't around when this happened but I, i'm really curious if back in like the 80s and 90s if this was like even an issue because most people either were in a band or knew nothing about music. There was no middle ground, like, kind of producer, you know? 
I think back in the day, the people who knew were the people in the industry because they yeah. didn't have a wealth of I knowledge mean. as yeah. as we have now, right? It's um, not accessible. But, it wasn't mm-hmm. as, as accessible as it is now. Like, yeah. you needed, you know, a hundred thousand dollars worth of gear to record a record exactly. back then. But now yeah. all we need is like, yeah, two hundred dollar interface and a, you know, free yeah. Reaper, bro. Like yeah, that's all exactly. we need. Congratulations, like, you're a musician now. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. The, my my point was maybe not worded very well, but hopefully you guys knew what I meant. Uh, no, no, totally. No, no. It's fine, yeah. Every, everyone's sense. trash and fuck everyone, right? We're all- yeah, you got it. That's exactly what I was trying to say. Thank you no, so much. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Yeah. Um, uh, I think that's just the reality of, of where music is now, though. Like, yeah. just because of accessibility and, and more people are doing it, yeah. more people are able to do it, like, there's obviously going to be more voices about yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there are many ways, there are many roads to the same destination. So like you're going to have different opinions on how to do things and, and how things you think they should be done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or what you like hearing. Like some people right. like hearing stupidly low tuned guitars and screaming. And some people think that that sounds like shit. So, yep. Yeah. <laughs> So I guess we just got to like put our head down and do what we like and hopefully um, someone will like it, which is basically what I do every day. (laughs) Just just release material and then cross your fucking fingers. (laughs) Especially if you're a YouTuber. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, I think I'm pretty sure that's it. Andrew, I don't know if you have anything else, but Uh, yeah. When are you going to cover a ginger song? Oh, oh, no. oh no! I knew you were gonna say that. Is that what you were thinking that we were gonna yeah, ask? <laughs> I thought you guys were gonna go the feet like. No, how does no. it feel to be in a? Nah. No, I didn't. I wasn't gonna. I wasn't <laughs> gonna do that to you unless Definitely you not. brought it up yourself. I'm not doing that to no. you. It's all good. That, that feeds the problem, I think. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Definitely don't, does not need to be discussed at all. And obviously, yeah. I'm just joking. I I, I just wanted to. <laughs> I told but you I before. I want to know. Yeah. When will you cover Pisces? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the new Paramore. What can I say? Yeah, like they've actually become the new like comparison band for women. I think in metal. So ridiculous. and it's now it's like a meme. Yeah. So I'm pr- I purposely will not cover Ginger now. Yeah. <laughs> and it took me a, a while to cover Paramore, but. <laughs> I won't. I'll purposely not cover Ginger until. Didn't I you? I think you like tweeted this morning about this, didn't you? <laughs> I, I I could literally post a picture of my dog. Yeah. And someone will ask me to cover Ginger. Yep. Oh my god, dude, it's it's crazy. I see it is happen it, on your like, posts all the time. It's brutal. Is it just because they have a female vocalist? That's why they want you to Absolutely. cover. Absolutely, a hundred percent. It's like it's become, and like I think they're. I think Ginger's a wonderful band. Like they're very good, and Tatiana's obviously a, a great vocalist. Mm-hmm. Like I have nothing against that band, but like again, they've become the new meme. Yeah, for but sure. um, yeah, like it'll it'll go as far as like someone will say like I really like this vocalist. Like they're really good, and then you get the person like, but have you heard Ginger? <laughs> yeah, it's so oh, ridiculous, man. man. That would, no, yeah, that's insane. But Ginger's the best one. Yeah. But <laughs> there but, can only be one. There can only be only one band one. with a female vocalist, like there's obviously, only one. right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a when, name now. But. When are we gonna get over that hump where we have to, you know, stop specifying whether it's a female-fronted band? Though, like, can we just call it a band? 
Uh, that should already so, I've been saying that for a very long <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah. Like, and at the uh, same time, like, I do want to, like, represent the homies, the homegirls. Yeah, of course. But, like, I don't think it needs to be a genre. Like, it's no. not a genre. It's not a genre. And it, <laughs> it's not. And I, focusing on, like, hyper-focusing on it feeds the problem. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And exactly. that's why we didn't that, really want to talk about it. I've Which is yeah. fine. Like, we can. <laughs> but I think it's important to, to, like, note that if we hyper-focus on it, we're we've yeah we've not made it about the music anymore yeah yeah sure. it, it's it, it like i don't know it makes it feel like it's supposed to be like some kind of fucking gimmick which is bullshit yeah yeah i agree it drives me crazy it drives me crazy yeah um yeah is there anything else we want to complain about like <laughs> we're like we're old curmudgeons just like <laughs> complaining about the government it's like <laughs> these these metal guys <laughs> Th- they don't like my popsicle t-shirt what the fuck <laughs> they don't like my h string guitar <laughs> get with the times old man i yep. guess that's it um thank you so much for joining us this is super awesome i'm really glad we uh we made this work yeah this was awesome i'm, fuck yeah. I'm happy I had hell fun. yeah well i hope uh you get through the apocalypse like we are and we'll we'll chat soon yeah. Yeah. I hope you guys are well and uh not going too crazy in the isolation. <laughs> nah, we got stuff to do. We're, We're okay good. so far. So yeah. far. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just drinking right. white claws and hanging out. That's it. Exactly. That's all we can do, man. <laughs> yeah. It's the claw. Claws of law, baby. Claws of law. <laughs> all right. All right. Thank, thank you so, you so much. much, Lauren. All right, guys. Uh yeah. That um that was dope. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, it was awesome. It's always fun talking to Lauren. And like I was saying earlier, it's always nice to hear these perspectives from people who are in the unique position of being in more than one field at the same time. I feel like they always have like a ton of extra insight into like the music industry as a whole, which of course is vast and ever changing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was nice to just actually get a vocalist on too and talk yeah. about um, you know, the musical journey of somebody else who isn't a guitar player because we've done yeah. that, you know, a few times now. For sure. So uh yeah that was great i thoroughly enjoyed that i stoked to have more vocalists on we might have uh the spirit box homies come on soon and we'll talk to courtney yeah. and and uh and all them and yeah. they've every single person in that band crazy had stories crazy yeah. stories yeah. crazy careers uh yeah. so that'll be really cool hopefully we can figure yeah. that out within the next week or so yeah Hopefully we can get um, all three of them on there at the same time and just try not to talk over each other. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. I'll just have to shut up and let people talk. <laughs> That's kind of like the, one of the number one rules of podcasting is don't talk over each other. Yeah. Cause like as a listener, hard. I hate it. Oh, we just did it. Yeah. No, exactly. You talk, me talk. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's frustrating for sure. If the whole podcast is just like, yeah. you know, nammering on about stupid bullshit and stuff. For sure. It, but <laughs> um, it's, hard, it's hard to, uh, it's I don't know. It's like a whole skill in and of itself, just like not interrupting each other. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a timing and rhythm thing, right? Like as you progress on, and like this, you know, is the case. A lot of the podcasts that I listen to as well, you kind of just understand how to you know build rhythm with whoever you're co-hosting with and stuff, and then you mm-hmm. can kind of like make it a little bit better and you know all that shit for sure. Uh, yeah. But I wanted to continue something on that we did from the last uh, episode that we did. And now we can kind of maybe take a little bit more time on these questions. Yeah. Um, because 
golly gee, there's some real good ones in here that we can really get into. Okay. Um, Sounds sarcastic, but, but all right. <laughs> uh, so we're going to do fan questions part two. There were 14 in total that I chose. So we're doing the last, the, the latter half, the, the last seven, I guess. Ooh. Um, have you read these yet? I did, but it was like two weeks ago. So okay, it's so long gone out of my brain. Okay, don't read them because I'm going to ask them. Okay. <laughs> All right. First one is uh, from Black Coma, and they ask, who has the spicier asshole? Uh, it would be Johnny for sure. I think it's me, but, you know, it depends how much Popeye's Andrew's had <laughs> uh, during the week and uh, whether it's spicy or not. But I definitely think it's me because I do use if we're talking um, about too much hot sauce. If we're talking about, like, literal quantity of shit <laughs> oh oh it's, the, it's yeah you. <laughs> yeah i i win that for sure man um, lauren's gonna listen to this podcast and be like what the fuck what this the is what they fuck? talked about right after <laughs> <laughs> hey it's the first question so True. uh moving on to the next one i don't even remember what some of these are <laughs> um this is just like a uh straight up regular normal question nothing oh. about spicy assholes uh the dutch gentleman's asks um why is heads will hang by um fit for an autopsy the heaviest song ever it's definitely a super heavy song i don't think it's the heaviest song ever personally but i love that song and it's fucking fantastic i agree the song the reason why i think that song is so heavy as well is because there's a lot of like meaning behind the entire track itself lyrically so i think emotionally the song is very heavy it's in my opinion, I mean, heavy is, you know, relative, right? Yeah, of course. So it's not the heaviest song in my opinion, but the the breakdown in that song is yeah. pretty fucking awesome. See, I I don't know what the lyrics are at all. Uh, I'm not a big lyrics guy, if that makes any sense. Like, I don't, especially for screaming songs, like, I can basically never tell what the fuck they're saying anyways. Like, I know a few words here and there, but anyways, yeah, like, just instrumentally, and I just listen to the music as, like, a whole piece, I guess I, you could say. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that song's super heavy, and I mean, the thing that makes it really heavy is just like how fucking good those guitars sound when they're doing that like super low palm muted. I think it's in drop G. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, Will Putney is a genius, and that the production on the album definitely helps make it sound absolutely crushing. Yeah, uh, I know Joe writes a you know a lot about like some environmental political stuff. issues, environmental stuff. Like Black Mammoth is all about the mistreatment of Native Americans, specifically right. in America. Um, so I always, I always appreciate it when it's not just a band saying like, fuck you, blah, you know, I like it when it has a little bit more substance, right? Yeah. Um, uh, next question. How is the new Angel Maker going to sound with three guitarists like Whitechapel or old, um, Chelsea Grin or different? Um, I don't, I can't really say it's going to sound incredibly different necessarily um my kind of goal in joining the band and starting to write with them is i still want to retain the angel maker flavor and what makes them so good in the first place but something i feel as though they could have more of is um more atmosphere and making the the angel maker sound a bit wider and bigger by adding said atmosphere um like for example the last oceano record has so much atmosphere and it's still just super heavy as fuck so with three guitar players especially live i think it's something that we can pull off now 
So I do want to try and add some more just like terrifying sounding atmospheric stuff. And I've kind of already been doing that with a lot of the stuff that I've been writing. So, yeah, I have uh, nothing to add to this because I have no fucking idea. Yeah. (laughs) And there's no that one wasn't wasn't for him, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I've heard the demo tracks you've been writing and it still sounds like Angel Maker in a good way. So I don't know. I don't think it sounds like Whitechapel or Chelsea Grin. No, uh, at all, really. It still just sounds like Angel Maker. It- yeah. We're still pulling a lot of influences from those old bands, oh, course, as but- they always have, but yeah. it's just not, like, direct. You know, no. it's uh, it's a big old melting pot of a bunch of shit. Yep. Um, next question. Uh, just, y- just Us Gash's question is, um, <laughs> non-metal this. stuff... Yeah, I don't know, whatever. Uh- <laughs> Shout out to Justice, man. He's a huge Justice. supporter. Um, non-metal stuff you find inspiring and what can we do to get Baina on his string gauges? Ignore, ignore that last half of the question. <laughs> Who fucking cares? Um, He's just fucking with me. He knows. Yeah. He knows. Uh, non-metal stuff that inspires you. Let's, uh, let's like, let's open this question up a little bit more. It doesn't necessarily have to be music. It can be yeah. any medium. That's kind of what I figured. Cause I was going to say if it's music, then I'm, I don't really have an answer at all. <laughs> right. But, for me, it's movies and video games, obviously. Um, more so movies than video games, I would say. Uh, I mean, because I like to watch a lot of like pretty, I don't know, dark movies, let's say, like psychological thrillers and stuff like that, um, or true crime or whatever. So those shows are usually like pretty dark and I guess you could say heavy, uh, which therefore inspires heavy music for me. And also like, the soundtracks on like horror movies and thrillers is always just like evil as fuck sounding anyways. So that kind of helps as well. Um, yeah. And then like, yeah, some video games here and there, but probably not as much influence from video games, uh, for me at least. You don't think doom has inspired you at all? Well, uh, okay. Yeah. But that's like a pretty specific example. Like it's not like there's other video games that sound like that, you know? Right. Right. I meant like more of like, like a genre as a whole, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. Um, I'll use an example of a show that I watched that inspired a song directly. Spirit um, Wives. Spirit Wives, I wrote all about uh, Ed Kemper, who was um, one of the focal points of the first season of um, Mindhunters, or Mindhunter, I can't remember if it's plural or not, whatever. I really liked that show, and I'm bummed that the third season was canceled. Oh, it was? Um, I don't know that. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was. Either it's not on Netflix and they're going somewhere else, or it's completely done. I, I can't remember exactly what it is. Um, But yeah, that whole song I wrote pretty much directly all about him and his experience through his life and his story. Yeah. Um. So definitely, like, the medium of shows like that I find really inspiring. Um. I listen to a lot of, like, um, philosophical speecher, speakers, we'll say, or, like, theorists about like existentialism and stuff i find that stuff very inspiring uh just like the idea of you know nothing matters very nihilistic view of things i find that inspiring to write music about and a lot of the stuff that i have already previously written especially like old galactic pegasus stuff um stuff with bastion is very um pessimistic we'll say about you know the outlook on life and existence as a whole and stuff so I don't know. Music wise, I listen to a lot of different kinds of music and uh, something that maybe directly inspires my 
like metal writing, I guess. I listen to a lot of lo-fi hip hop, which is cool when it comes to building atmosphere. I listen to a lot of like folk music and, um, you know, kind of like electronic stuff like that. I actually recently listened to, um, Nero's welcome to reality record, which is like a a hundred percent EDM record. Yeah, that's weird. But, okay. um, but I used to listen to it when I was a kid and I used to listen to that record back to front because it's one flowing album. And I really like that in records where albums are thought as one big piece as opposed to tiny little pieces that it like really flows. So I definitely back in the day drew a lot of influence from that for sure. Uh, that was yeah. a long answer, <laughs> that's but funny. that's it. Um, <laughs> uh, Gary asked, why can't Andrew win at COD? It's because you guys keep winning when I fucking leave, man. <laughs> Uh yeah, I don't know what happens. We get close. It's not we've gotten <laughs> we gotten third and second place a bunch when I was playing, but the one time you guys won was like immediately after I quit. So I was like, "Fuck." <laughs> yeah, Andrew, <laughs> he quit and he was out, and then as soon as he was gone, yeah, we did a round and we won. Game. Yeah, yeah. I but, mean, I've only won fucking twice. Yeah. So like, I can't say much. But like, was it was know. it was it really you that won or was it your team that won? <laughs> we did it as a team. Okay. I'm not the best COD player by <laughs> any means, uh, especially not in multiplayer. I feel like I I can hold my own in Warzone, but when it comes to multiplayer, I'm pretty bad. Uh, especially if we're playing hardcore, like not a fucking chance. Yeah, um, it's not directly Andrew's fault. So <laughs> not directly, but, but, but he partially. does some, he does some things that maybe set up his demise for sure. <laughs> well, I don't like to hide in a bush for twenty minutes. It's not very fun. So the the like, the I cost like of victory. <laughs> uh, next question: How doth thou scream deliciously? <laughs> in other words, um, how do you scream like that? Is what I'm assuming this question is. Yeah. Um, well, it's also because my I released that song called "Wouldst Thou Like to Live Deliciously." So it's kind of ah, like reference oh, to that. Yeah. I get it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, Andrew and I both scream in very different ways. Yeah. Um, Andrew is, is a uh, very much, um, power first where he it's, I would, you know, relate it to like scream boy. Yeah. I would relate it to a barking dog. And I mean that in the nicest yeah. way. No, you're right. Where it's all power at once. Yeah. The, it, it sacrifices your stamina, I yeah. think, but oh, for sure. the tone in the scream that you do have is great. And I think that's why it is so good is it feels a lot like an actual yell, yeah. which is something that I don't have because that's not how I scream. I, yeah. you know, I usually power fry and a lot of it comes from, um, this, uh, my head voice as opposed to my chest. Whereas mm-hmm. when I sing a lot of my, uh, power from singing comes from my chest voice. Yeah. Um, so my, with my, my, as Johnny was saying, like with the way that I stream is nothing like his. And we run into this problem a lot when we do like dual vocal covers because it's really hard to mix our two vocal styles, or at least I think it's hard to mix because they're completely fucking different. Like with mine, I'm basically, I'm essentially yelling as loud as I possibly can. Like it's definitely way more based in like hardcore uh, than metal which is mm-hmm. kind of weird, I guess, because I don't really listen to hardcore. But, like, uh, my my vocal style is way more similar to something like like Knocked Loose or, like, Counterparked or something like that. Where yeah, 100%. they're basically just yelling with distortion. That's essentially what I'm doing. 
But with yeah. that being said, like, again, like what Johnny was saying is I have very, 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 very little stamina. Like I can only do a few short words at a time before I have to breathe. Um, so I can't do any of those like long held out screams or anything like that. Like that's, that's not something I can do. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, you know, it has its pros and cons. It definitely sounds kind of unique because not many people do it this way, but it also, at the same time, I don't know if it's necessarily good for my throat because I'm essentially yelling. So I, I don't know, I, but that's the I way think- I've always done it. I mean, as anything, if you practiced it more, you could definitely um, accomplish what you want to accomplish, yeah. and you could expand on your range more by doing that. Um, I the way that you do it, it it is so like sporadic and and barky that yeah. I think it does enact um, like bad habits. So that's probably why you run, you know, your your stamina pretty low, just because like it's so much power at once. Yeah, um, it's something that can easily be worked on, though. Yeah, like sure. if, if you really wanted to work on it, you could definitely like do it so that you're not damaging your throat, which yeah. I'm not saying you necessarily are. But at the time that you're doing your vocals, you'll just like yeah. tire yourself out way quicker. Right. It just it, I don't think that I damage my vocals uh, that often, but I think it's definitely easier to accidentally damage my vocals this way because I'm because it's so like instant and like sporadic that if I mm-hmm. fuck up even like the first word, then it's like that could hurt myself right there. Yeah, so well, think about a little risky. Think about when we did that GP show where you and I traded off vocals and like how, oh, yeah, exactly, what yeah, that yeah. was like. like. Well, I used to do vocals, the only vocalist in the band, and I only did that for like a few months because I basically would lose my voice every single show. So I was like, well, this is clearly not viable. Uh, yeah. So I switched to only doing backup vocals, which for me is no problem because then I'm, you know, just doing it once in a while and it's all good. But yeah. Combining yeah. your style of vocals with walking around stage, it's just yeah, it's impossible. It's hard. Yeah. It's so hard. Um, I felt like I was gonna fucking die. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I mean, and I've done it before too, where I I still don't consider myself super great live yet. I still need to work on a lot of stuff. But I've even done it where I'll improperly breathe and I wind myself, and then I can't yeah. do anything. Yeah, like you gotta you gotta know what you're fucking doing. It's hard. Yeah. Um. Last question is when are you guys going to do a Mad Libs or pre-breakdown call-out video? I love those vids. Well, we can't really do it now. Um, done, how many have we even done? I feel like we've done like five or six or something. Uh, we did Mad yeah, Libs. We've done we did a lot. Cards Against Humanity. We did Christmas. We did Porn. porn. <laughs> uh, was it just those four? I think there might... Oh, and the movie title. So we've done five. Movie titles, and then we have... Or I think you did actual callouts on your yeah, own yeah. as well, like from actual songs. Yeah, and I but think I, that's. I, I'd assume that's not what this question is asking about. Though. No, uh, not not necessarily. Uh, yeah, I mean, right now we can't really do it the way that I think no. makes the video good. Yeah. So we'll probably hold off. And honestly, I think holding off is a great idea because we did do a lot of them in a kind of a short amount of time. Like I don't, I don't personally agree, but I get what you're. I understand your logic behind it, but I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> I want, I want there to actually be a demand for it and then we do it and it's good instead of just like constantly doing it over and over. So like when yeah. it does come up, it's like, a, oh, sick. They did another one. That's cool. You know, yeah. instead of like, oh, fuck, they did another one. God damn it. I, I definitely understand what you mean, but I don't think that that's the way that YouTube works anymore. So from like a YouTube works. perspective of things, I don't think so. But from right. like a uh uh 
like what you would think would work, then yes, that's what I would think as well. But in my experience, I what I think is often what not what does not actually work. <laughs> right. But yeah. What, do you have Do you have any ideas for what we could do for one? Uh, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but I definitely have like a Google Doc somewhere with a list of a bunch of them. Right. Um, and we thought of like potentially doing one over Zoom or something, but the really the the thing that makes those videos good is we always do that in one take, so it doesn't matter how badly we fuck up, because the the best part of those videos uh, is definitely like us reacting to each other, and that I don't think would be nearly as strong if we did it online. Uh, it's no, the same reason we haven't really done like a collab version where we do it with like a vocalist, because then it just wouldn't really have the same vibe where it's like we're in a room just fucking around and like it's funny because it's in the moment and we see what happens whereas like doing it online would just be way more like rehearsed and i I just don't think it would end up being as funny because we'd be taking it more seriously i guess yeah no we need to do it in person with somebody if we're gonna do a collab like i really i've mentioned this before i really want to do one with austin yeah austin dickey he said he was and I down, think, yeah, I think yeah. we could make it happen eventually, but obviously right now, considering the circumstances, we can't really do fucking anything, which yeah. is fine. But, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll figure that out as we go and see what happens in the apocalypse and all that shit. Yeah. But well, I'm sure we'll do another one soon. Um, or as soon as we can, I guess I should say. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that's it for this one. We're running about two hours here. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, thanks for listening. If you've made it this far, um, maybe we'll do questions again soon, but I'm going to hold off for a bit. Um, hope you all enjoyed this. Make sure you check out all of Lauren's stuff as well. If you haven't already, hopefully if you've never heard of Lauren before, this is good insight. You can go check her shit out and support her. She recently just uh, reached a uh, hundred thousand listeners on Spotify, um, which is fucking amazing. That's yeah. great for her. It's awesome. Um, yeah. And yeah. We'll see you next time. Yeah. Thanks again for watching, everyone. See you later.